Welcome to Sully Sets, musings on sales and life. I'm your host, Rick Sully, and I've spent the past 25 years in the greatest profession in the world, sales. And the number one goal on my podcast is to teach you everything I've learned. I give you the tips, tools, and techniques necessary to excel in sales, network marketing, and most importantly, in life. So listen, learn, and enjoy the journey. I was a childhood bullying victim. I was bullied in grade school, junior high, high school, and even into college in my adult life. And I learned to not let these past experiences destroy me, defeat me, or define me. Instead, I let them strengthen me. And this is my story about how my bullying experience helped teach me lessons for business, leadership, and life. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about a little boy. He was 12 years old. He was an only child. He had a mo mother and a father who loved him dearly. Matter of fact, he was the center of their universe. He played baseball, played soccer, and he had a lot of friends. Well, not those friends exactly. They were a lot smaller and not as good looking, but friends nonetheless. And he went to school at St. Mary's Catholic School in Glenshaw, Pennsylvania, which is about 15 minutes north of the city of champions, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, I can't come to Philadelphia and not mention a rivalry with Pittsburgh, right? The thing with this gentleman is he was a funny guy. He loved to make people laugh. He got a great deal of pleasure out of it. Most of the teachers had no problem with that. They laughed along with him. But there was one teacher in particular, Mrs. Johnson. She was terrible. No matter what he did, he got in trouble in her class. She called him the class clown and would send him to the principal's office all the time. And if you go to a Catholic school, the worst place you want to go is the principal's office because there's a scary nun waiting for you there. Okay, maybe not, maybe not this nun, but let's try, let's try this one instead, all right? Uh, and this is exactly what the nun looked like, all right? This is Sister Mary Frances Romano, and she always had that ruler in her hands. And Mrs. Johnson always sent this boy down to see her. And she would take that ruler and she would hit his knuckles so many times. It depended on how bad he was and how many times he got his knuckles hit. And the fact of the matter was, he was a good kid. He, teachers really liked him. His friends really liked him. But then something happened. See, the boy's mother was a volunteer in the cafeteria. And she was in charge of the eighth graders. And this school only went up to eighth grade, so these were the main kids, the big kids on campus. And they were always causing problems, carrying on at lunch, throwing food, all the other stuff you would imagine. So the boy's mother had to yell at them and sent them down to see Sister Mary Frances Romano, and they'd get hit on the knuckles with that roller every single day. So they had no recourse. They couldn't take it out on the boy's mother. They couldn't do anything to her. So what did they do? They decided to pick 
on the boy. And they bullied him relentlessly. It started with just some name calling, some pushing and shoving, knocking the books out of his hand, making fun of him in front of other students. But it was every day and it was relentless. It got so bad, the boy was afraid to go to the boy's room by himself for the fear that he might see one of the kids in there. So he would find ways to avoid them. He would stay after class, clean erasers, wash down the blackboard. And yes, there actually was a time when you needed to clean erasers and wash down blackboards. But the only place he couldn't avoid these kids was during recess, because all the grades were together. And one chilly spring afternoon, everything changed for the boy. He was there playing with his friends, and a menacing group of eighth graders came walking toward him. And that's pretty much exactly how they looked. And his friends dispersed immediately. And the eighth graders gathered around him, formed a circle. One of the eighth graders grabbed the boy's arms, pulled them behind his back. One of the other eighth graders got closer, and he looked down and he saw what he thought was a rope, but it was actually a shoelace. And the eighth grader took that shoelace and was preparing to wrap it around the boy's neck. Somehow the boy was able to get his arm, or his wrist, right up against his neck, just as the shoelace ran around his neck. But the boy tightened it, and he could feel the air leaving his lungs. He could feel himself getting nauseous and getting close to passing out. He doesn't know how long it happened, 30 seconds, maybe a minute. But another teacher came over and broke up the group, and the boy fell to the ground. The teacher approached. He was shaking, sobbing, gasping for breath. She helped him to his feet, and she gasped in horror as she looked at his neck and saw a huge weld on the boy's neck from where the rope excuse me, the shoelace, had cut into his neck. The boys were suspended. They weren't expelled, they were suspended and were given specific instructions not to touch the boy the rest of the year. And they did leave him alone. But the boy and his parents made a decision that he was not gonna stay in this school any longer. And that's when he transferred to Shaler High School, which is a school similar in size to this one. The boy faced two problems. The first was he was the new kid. Any of you guys ever been the new kid? Yeah. And if any of you have ever seen the movie Rudy, there's a line in the movie where he says, you're five foot nothing, a hundred nothing. And that was this boy. So even though he knew some of these kids from playing sports with them, he was a new kid and he was small. So you know what happened next? He got in fights. When you're five foot nothing, 100 nothing, the last thing you want to be doing is fighting anybody. But they wanted to test the kid, see what he was made of. So he had no choice. And he lost every fight. But then something happened that would change the course of his entire life. He was about to experience the worst emotional and psychological bullying that he had ever imagined. And it started with a throwaway comment here or there. Someone would say, look how big your head is. They'd make him move his head when he was in class because he'd say he was blocking the teacher and they couldn't see. If they were outside, they'd ask him to move because his head was too big. 
He was blocking the sun. And then, next, told him he had a big nose. Every time he would turn, everyone would duck because they said his nose was going to hit him. And the last thing they focused on was the size of his ears. They called him Dumbo. Even a teacher at one point called him that. Said he looked like a car with the doors open. And what started to happen, it was like a brush fire. Started with one kid, then a handful of kids, and then 20 kids. And every class the boy went to, someone would make a comment. Every time he heard a comment about one of these three things, it was like little cuts, little paper cuts, but they were all over him. It was the absolute, and the worst part about it was the boy didn't even notice these things. He looked in the mirror, he said, hey, you know, I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio, but I'm not ugly. But after the boys would say this, and the girls too, it wasn't just boys saying it, it was girls as well, and after they would say this to him, the only thing he would see when he looked in the mirror was a big head, a big nose, and big ears. Imagine what that does to someone when you're struggling with your confidence already. It was worse on the bus. You see, when he was on the bus, and this you guys might not believe this, but there was a time when you didn't have phones and you couldn't watch the new Taylor Swift video on YouTube on your ride home. Or you couldn't tweet or text or Instagram or get your streak on Snapchat. You actually had to ride the bus. And for that 15 minutes, these kids did nothing but pick on this poor boy. And he would be on the verge of tears, his lip would be quivering, but he would never, ever let them see him cry. Because he knew if he let them cry, let them see him cry, they won. And he wasn't going to give them that satisfaction. But what started to happen is he started to feel all these emotions. All right, he started to feel isolated, anxious, alone, scared, inadequate. I can go on and on. But that's what the boy felt every single day in his heart and in his head. So he'd start to walk home from the bus, holding it together, so upset. He'd get home, get to the front door. His mother would be there. She would see him. She knew it was another terrible day. He'd run into her arms and just cry. What did I do wrong, Mom? Why are they making fun of me? And she would reassure him, tell him he was a good boy. He was smart. He was funny. And then she'd make him a plate of cookies and milk. And for that moment, everything was right in the world again. See, but the boy had a luxury that all of you don't have. From 3 o'clock every day until 8 o'clock the next day when he had to be back in school, he didn't have to deal with this. You guys are in an era where it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week of bullying. You can't escape it. You go to bed at night, it's there. You wake up in the morning, it's there. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, text messaging, it's everywhere. On June 14th, 2017, this young girl, Mallory Grossman, who was a gymnast, she was a cheerleader. She made bracelets to sell, to raise money, to send kids with cancer to summer camp. 
And she was so badly bullied and isolated by her friends in school and via text messaging that she took her own life. Is that what you want your legacy to be? Is that how you want people to feel? What satisfaction can you possibly get from making someone feel this way? Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, okay? But this is one of those secrets where you can tell everybody. I want you to tell people. I want you to spread the word. It's about the boy in the story. It was me. I was very badly bullied through grade school, junior high, high school, to some extent college, and even as an adult. And it was the most horrible experience of my life. But I was never going to quit. I was never going to give up. I was never going to turn to drugs. I was never going to start drinking. I was never going to hurt myself. Although I'm not going to lie to you, the thought entered my mind. But I wasn't going to give them the satisfaction because I believed in my heart that I was a good person and I could be anything I wanted to do. So what I need from all of you right now is we're going to do an exercise. All right? It's going to require some trust on your part. I know we just met 10 minutes ago and you're like, I'm not going to trust this guy. But I'm going to ask you to do something, and I want you to do it with no fear of repercussion. There's no consequences for your action. You're not going to get in trouble. I want you to be completely honest. All right? I'm going to step down here for you guys on this because I want to be on your level. All right? I want you all to close your eyes. All right, let's close them up. Let's listen up. All right, keep your eyes closed. This exercise is only going to work if you guys trust each other and you keep your eyes closed. And I need you to fully commit to this because it's going to make a point. Your eyes are closed. boy, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Eyes are closed. All right. If you have ever been the victim of bullying, physical bullying at home, at school, in your neighborhood, on your team, stand up. If you have ever received a text message, if you've ever had someone post a disparaging picture of you, if you ever had someone make a negative comment of you, about you on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, or text messaging, stand up. Now this one gets a little tougher here. Have you ever physically bullied another person in your community, your neighborhood, your school? Please stand up. No, stay standing. The other group, stay standing if you're already up. No sitting down yet. And lastly, if you have ever sent a text message, posted a photograph, an unflattering photograph, or sent or made a comment that you knew was going to hurt someone's feelings, make them sad, make them feel unworthy, stand up. Now open your eyes and look around.
You guys are not alone. You are not alone. Everybody is going through the same thing as all of you are. And it's critical that you understand that and you do not give up. You need to find someone to talk to. I don't care if it's a parent, a sibling, a friend, a teacher, a coach, a priest. Your life is incredibly valuable. It's a gift. And it helps to know that you're not alone. You can sit down. Now, over the next 20 minutes, I'm going to try to change all those negative emotions that I put up there before that I know a lot of you are feeling in your head and in your heart, and I'm going to replace them with these amazing words of positivity. You've got one crack at this life, and I promise you, if you live it with love and positivity, you can have an extraordinary life. But it has to start with this right here, is you must believe in yourself. You must. Now, it's great that your parents believe in you, and your teachers, and your coaches, and your friends. But until you believe in yourself, you won't truly live the life that's possible. You will not become the best version of yourself until you learn this mantra. It took me a long time to get there. And next, and I never thought in my life I would quote this gentleman, but to really feel, feel fulfillment and joy and happiness in your life, you have to adopt the words of the great Justin Bieber. And you have to love yourself. And you know I really don't think he's great, but I still wanted to get a Biebs quote up there. But the fact of the matter is, this is the absolute most important thing in life. Love yourself. Believe that you can accomplish anything you want to believe. Now, I'm going to spend a few minutes. I want to talk to you about some of the lessons that I learned from my bullying experience about business, leadership, and life. Number one, find your passion. I'm sure you all do something every single day that makes you happy, that you, you get to do. You don't have to do it. That's the difference. That's how you know something is your passion. For me, it was soccer. I loved it. It was easy. I was a goalie. So it was a piece of cake for me. There's the ball. There's the goal. There's me. If I stopped it, I was the hero. If not, hey, i got to figure out how to do it next time. But I did it every day, not because I had to go to practice, because I wanted to go to practice. And I didn't even do it in practice. I'd do it in the neighbor's backyard. I wasn't home on my phone the whole time. I wasn't playing Call of Duty for 10 hours. I was out playing soccer because I loved it. And I started to get pretty good at it. Matter of fact, I played at Elizabethtown College and won a national championship as a goalkeeper. But more importantly is I learned confidence. And there is nothing more important in the world than confidence. And there is nothing a bully hates worse than a wimp or a victim with confidence because it takes away their power. You've got to learn to take risks in life. 
This is an amazing quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. Do one thing every day that scares you. You've got to find a way to step outside of your comfort zone. I know it's safe in there, it's warm in there, it makes you happy. But everything wonderful and magical in this world happens once you have the confidence to step outside of your comfort zone. I did everything in school. Not because I necessarily wanted to, because I needed to find people that made me feel that I was worthy. Because the people I was spending the most time with, they made me feel terrible. So I did the morning announcements. I worked for the yearbook. I wrote for the newspaper. I did play-by-play -play at the high school football games. I did introductions for the basketball games. And you can hear the voice, right? I mean, I should definitely be on radio. As uh, a matter of fact, my college communications professor told me I had a great face for radio. So I had to deal with it my whole life. But the fact, I'll let you guys think about that one for a few minutes. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I did all those things in my senior year. I was chosen to be the MC of the talent show. And I got to stand on stage just like this in a tuxedo. I looked good, had a great hair day. And I thought to myself, you know what? I made it. You didn't beat me. I'm standing up here in front of all you that tried to break me down, telling you what? I won. And you lost. And that right there was something they called a tipping point. And that changed the entire direction of my life. I knew I could accomplish anything I put my mind to. Next, never, ever give up. Great things take time. You guys have barely put the paintbrush on the canvas of creating the masterpiece that will become your life. What you look like now and what you feel like now will not be the same in one year, three years, 10 years. Allow yourself time to blossom and become the person you're meant to be. When I was a freshman in high school, I was five foot four, 130 pounds. I graduated, I was six foot one, 220 pounds. You don't think there was a few kids I wanted to go back and visit? Say, remember me? Don't give up. Allow yourself the opportunity to blossom. There's amazing things that are gonna happen to you. You have to let them happen. Don't let other people dictate the person you are going to become. Next, and this is the hardest thing in the world, and I know this is a fact. You cannot control other people. I promise you that. I've tried. I've tried it personally. I've tried it in my career. You can't do it. But what you can do is you can control your reaction to them. Because if they try to pick on you and they see that you're not breaking, that they're not getting to you, then you're going to win. And they're going to give up. And they're going to go on to someone else. Because bullies aren't the, the brightest. They're not the most persistent people. They see that little resistance. They're like, all right, I'm done with this guy. I'm going to go find someone else. But to go a step further, there's absolutely three things, only three things in your life that you can control. And I want you to really think about this. This is deep. Your preparation, your effort, and your attitude. As I like to call it, your P. You can control your P. And I'll give you an example to something, because I, I took a shot at the Eagles early. I'm going to bring it back full circle. Carson Wentz is a perfect example of that. All right? He's a remarkably talented young man as a quarterback, potentially leading the Eagles to the Super Bowl. But he didn't just do it because he was tall and athletic. He did it because he has superior preparation. 
He cannot control the other team. He can't control the weather. He can't control the officiating. He can only control how he prepares every single week. And the same applies to each of you in school and as athletes, in the band, whatever you do. Next is your effort. Your effort is 100% in your control every single day. And let me tell you this, there is nothing worse as a parent, as a coach, as a sales manager, than somebody that doesn't put forth maximum effort. And then they complain that they didn't get the results they wanted. That's unacceptable. You control your effort. And finally is your attitude. You guys will not forget this next sentence, but your attitude determines your altitude in life. And whether you think you can do something or whether you think you can't do something, you're right. So control your pee every day. Next, anger. Any of you guys angry? You have a lot of anger, sadness, frustration inside of you that you're carrying around? I know, believe me, I had it inside of me for a long time. I'm sure some of it's directed at your parents, some of it's directed at your teachers, some of it's directed at your friends, but it's inside of you. And I'm here to tell you to let it go. Now, I, I always believe you need to have a little chip on your shoulder. Like Michael Jordan's a perfect example. He was cut from his basketball team as a sophomore in high school. I think he turned out all right. So you need to have that chip on your shoulder, but having a chip on your shoulder and having anger inside of you are two completely different things because the anger will eat you up from the inside out. And I had mine for a long time. And about six months ago, a good friend of mine inspired me to go on to Facebook, do a live video and tell my bullying story. And I did, and I cried on camera in front of all my friends and contacts. And I got over 7,000 views. It was the most I've ever gotten. You guys have anywhere near that on any of your videos? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but 7,000, and, and, and the reason it spoke to people is because everybody has had that feeling. But as soon as I was done and I turned off that camera, I just cried because I could feel the anger leaving my body. And I'm so mad at myself that I carried it around for so long because I feel like I missed out on so many great things and I pushed people away who could have been so great for me. Next, laugh at yourself first. The one thing above everything else that I learned to do was to laugh at myself. Self-deprecating sense of humor. Because what I found, I said, all right, I narrowed it down. These guys are gonna make fun of the size of my head, the size of my ears, the size of my nose. I, I can handle that. So I started thinking of all the funny stuff that they could possibly say to me, and I would beat them to the punch. And then they would try to say something, and everyone else would be like, well, that wasn't funny. And they'd laugh at what I said more. And what happened was, it took away their power again. They had no recourse. Because if I'm funnier than them, and my jokes about myself are funnier, and I'm laughing at myself, what are they going to do? And this is, a, this is a rough ride we got here, gang. Life is not easy. There's a lot of challenges along the way. And if you don't learn to laugh at yourself, it's going to be a lot harder for you. Don't allow the other person to win. Smile, laugh, walk away. This next quote is so powerful to me. You need to surround yourself with people who are going to lift you higher. We're in a negative world, gang. 
All right, I don't even watch the news in the morning. I don't pick up my phone for 30 minutes after I'm awake. I guarantee you the first thing you guys do when you wake up is check your Snapchat streaks. Is that, no? So what happens, you wake up and you're in a good mood. You're like, all right, today's gonna be a great day. And then you get a text or you see a comment that someone made in your picture that's negative or hurtful. You think that's gonna change the direction of your day at all? Because now you're filled with anger and sadness and bitterness. Same thing watching the news. The first 20 minutes of the news anymore is negativity. It's sadness, it's violence. So remove those things from your life and remove people from your life that are the same way. You guys know who your friends are that are negative? And here's the, here's the craziest thing. As you start to get older, you're gonna see this phenomenon take place. And maybe some of you have already seen it that have had success in athletics or music or academically. The people that are closest to you are the ones that are going to try to sabotage your success. They're gonna see you pulling away from the pack and they're gonna grab onto your ankle and they're gonna pull you back down and tell you all the reasons why you're not gonna be successful and you're not gonna be the person you're capable of becoming. You know, I just did a podcast the other day where I talked about the fact that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So look around at your five people. Are these the people that you want lifting you up? Now, I'm not saying abandon your friends. They can always be your friends. But are they someone that's going to be a positive influence on your life and lift you higher? If not, then you need to find a new group of people to spend time with. There's three things you should never break. Promises, trust, in someone's heart. You have one thing in this world, and that's trust. If you give someone your word that you're going to do something or you're going to be somewhere, then you better make sure you do that thing or you be at that place. People need to be able to count on you. That's what friendship is. That's what business is. When you get into the real world, your word is all you have when you first get into a new company, you're building relationships with people. And you've got to build trust. Because trust, think about trust as a piece of paper. You crumple that piece of paper up, you can unfold it and put it down, but that paper is never gonna look the same. And that's, just, that's exactly what happens when you break someone's trust. And trust is a two-way street. You've gotta make sure that you trust other people, and that's probably the Biggest, one of the other bigger regrets I have is because of everything I went through, I stopped trusting people. Because you know, as I look back, and I'm sure some of you can attest to this, the people that hurt me the most throughout my life were the people that I let in and I was closest to. And I imagine some of you have had some of the meanest texts you've seen, and some of the meanest comments have come from people that you consider friends. Because they know you the best, they know your weaknesses, they know your vulnerability. So do you really want to spend time with someone that's going to expose those? The answer is no. Everybody has a story. Never judge a book by its cover. We don't know why the bully is the way they are. And we don't know why there are certain people in our lives that are always negative or try to bring us down. But we know something happened to them. I mean, the most common thought is perhaps they were bullied when they were younger. So now they're turning around and bullying some other people. But chances are there's sadness and hurt and anger inside of them. 
In a perfect world, you dig deep and you find out what's hurting them and you try to provide a solution. As you get older and you get into college and you get into the real world and you have a job, you're gonna be around people that you don't know, that you didn't grow up with, so you don't know their stories. And I challenge you to ask questions, to learn about them, to find out why, what makes them tick. Because if you do, that'll give you tremendous insight and it'll help you learn how to deal with people. Because guess what? From now on, the rest of your lives, you're gonna be dealing with people, whatever profession you choose. So I really encourage you to follow this advice. And the last point I wanna make, my last piece of advice for you right now, are two words, be kind. It takes just as much effort to be mean as it does to be kind. But for some reason, a majority of us opt for the mean. Because we think it's easier? Do we get satisfaction from hurting other people? I don't think so. And it starts with little things. You can start, the great thing about being kind is it can start the second you walk out of here. You hold the door for someone. You say please, you say thank you. You tell your mother and dad how much you appreciate them. Write them a note, and say, not their birthday, not a holiday, just write them a note and say, Mom, I just want to tell you how much you mean to me. Or Dad, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for you. But how about something on a, even a different scale? How many times when you're in the cafeteria is the same face looking across from you in the cafeteria serving you food? Have you ever said hello? Have you ever said their name? People love to hear their name. Have you ever said, hey, yesterday's lunch was great. Thanks a lot for what you do. Seems crazy, right? But imagine how different that person's day would be if you did something as simple as that. And they turn around and do it for someone else and so on and so on. You don't know how much you could have changed their life with a simple act like that. Now, obviously I went through a lot of difficulties in my life. And this one quote summarizes everything I experienced throughout my life. I did not let my past define me, destroy me, or defeat me. I let it strengthen me. And I challenge all of you to do exactly the same thing. Because there are going to be times where you're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give up. Because of what somebody else said to you, or what somebody else posted, and if you take a step back from that and realize this is one person or a group of people who in the grand scheme of things over life, they are a blip on my radar screen. But I'm gonna let them extinguish the fire inside of me. I went through some incredibly challenging, hurtful, sad times. But everything I went through helped strengthen me as a man and gave me the confidence and the courage to stand in front of you and tell you my story and hope that maybe, just maybe, I can speak to you and I can make a difference in your lives. And maybe you can pay it forward and do the same with someone else. Maybe you'll think twice before you click the send button or before you post that comment. Now there's a lot of options out there for you. As I mentioned, what aren't options for you are drugs, drinking, hurting yourself, because you are so important to so many people. I don't want to see you destroy your life because someone told you you had a big head. And here's the great thing about it. 
my head, my nose, and the ears are the exact same size they were when I was 13. My body just grew into them. So I'm glad I stuck around to see the finished product. But if you're ever in a point where you are scared and alone and you don't feel like talking to someone directly, these are some great resources for you. If you're ever at a point where you think you want to hurt yourself, call that number, talk to someone. And by all means, please, you can email me at bullytorickselly.com and tell me your story and let me help you as well. All right, so I have one more exercise for you. I need you to stand up. All right, give me one second here, one second. All right, this is going to be super uncomfortable for a few of you, but this is me living life and saying step outside of your comfort zone. All right? What I need you to do is you have four options. Okay, you're going to look at the person next to you, the person behind you, the person in front of you, and you can either shake their hand, you give them a high five, you give them a fist bump, or you give them a hug. But I want you guys to make a connection. One more second here. I want to thank you guys. I want to listen up, guys. Give me one more second. One more second. I want you to do, do me two favors when you leave today. Two favors. First favor is I want you to live a life of passion. The second favor is go out there today and make a difference in somebody's life. I'm Rick Solly. Thank you, everyone, for your time. Thanks so much for listening to the Sully Says Podcast. If we made a connection today, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me via my website, ricksully.com, or via email at rick at ricksully.com. I'm available for sales training, personal development coaching, and motivational speaking, with a focus on how being a childhood bullying victim taught me to find my character, passion, and purpose. I hope to hear from you soon, and please, make it a great day. Thank <laughs> you.